to a Teen Wolf Free Wolf Minisode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a very special minisode of the Teen Wolf Rewolf podcast, which started as terrible banter and then evolved into a bad joke on Twitter and is now coming full circle to being a minisode about Harry Potter houses and what Teen Wolf characters belong in what houses. My name is Christian. And I'm Julia. And we have never felt more cringy. (laughs) But we're also very excited. It's a it's a dual life we're leading here. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm proud of my, my geeky upbringings. I'm just also ashamed of them. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'm also really sick right now, so if you guys are like, that lady has a masculine voice, it's because I'm trying not to cough through this entire recording sesh. You're doing wonderfully. Thank you. I keep, like, every time we get up or we're not recording, I just go, like, hack it along up in the bathroom. It's cute. Thank you. You're welcome. That joy is of roommatehood. And roommateship? Roommatehood? I like roommatehood better. But also, um, I gave you the cold and I feel really bad. Yeah, about you it. did. So go to hell. <laughs> I I deeply apologize. Alright, so as Julia said, we are going to sort several of our main characters of Teen Wolf into what Hogwarts houses we think they are. We're only doing main characters from season one. Um, maybe we'll do like an updated version a couple seasons from now as we start to meet new people, but there's really no reason for us to be like, let's talk about a character we haven't met yet in the show. Um, and one that would spoil, well, I don't know. We don't care about spoilers. We don't care about spoilers. The show has been off the air for so long, but I mean, like we know who we think every, all, all everybody's houses are, but like for continuity's sake, we just finished recording episode three. We're going as far as characters we know in episode three and then. Gotcha. Maybe someone else who ends up. Maybe Peter? Maybe Peter. We'll see how well, we that, feel. That's an easy one. So, um, neither me nor Julia has seen each other's list of how we sort these characters. So, I'm expecting that a lot of them will be the same, but I'm also hoping for some spry debates. Yeah. Um, I think we should start with Scott, which I don't think is going to be a debate because no. we've already discussed this. <laughs> we've already discussed this. Also, just like... No. Yeah. Scott's, Scott's a Gryffindor. Scott McCall is a Gryffindor. 100%. Through and through. To the same, to the degree that, I mean, like, he is the Harry Potter of the show. Yeah. He's the chosen one. He's brave. He's loyal. Pure he's of heart. Pure of heart. He doesn't necessarily think his actions through. Um, Ultimately believes in his own code of ethics and his own justice system, which I think is a hallmark of Gryffindorness. Mm-hmm. Um, because he goes throughout this whole show refusing to kill anyone, like, leap living by a very strict moral standard that he believes in that other people don't necessarily subscribe to, but that's... Which is maybe the fault of Gryffindors is the my way or the highway aspect of them. And that's why I don't have a lot of friends, <laughs> because that's me. Um, you you are a self-described Gryffindor. I am... Interesting. Many times over by Pottermore because I kept forgetting my password, um, Gryffindor, although, I don't know, people have different takes. I don't know where I sort you. It, this was hard enough. I'm not going to no. put too much effort into doing it in my real life. Um, so next is Styles, and I'm wondering if we have the same thing. I think we do. Well, here's the thing about Styles is that I think I think he's a Ravenclaw with Slytherin tendencies. I would like to know what you think. A Ravenclaw with an asterisk. I mean, yeah. here's the thing about humanity is no one can be categorized it's specifically in any four houses. It's just a way of simplifying people's personalities. Exactly. So I think that, yes, Styles is a Ravenclaw. He is a Ravenclaw more in the way that Luna Lovegood is a Ravenclaw than mm-hmm. in other ways we see it, where he is kind of 
very interested in what he's interested in in a way that kind of makes him like um, hyper focus on the things that he he wants to be studying and also see details that people aren't always going to be seeing um, that then later people come back and, and see see after him. Um, and I also think his interests um, in Scott and the supernatural is what makes him such an asset throughout the show and what also makes him want to help Scott to the degree that he does. One, because he loves Scott, but two, because he wants to learn more about this world. And I think that that's really what like pushes him to be as involved as he is. Um, Cause he just, he's so curious. Yeah, he is. Curiosity is a, is a huge thing that defines styles and later gets him into trouble is always getting him into trouble. It's not just later. It happens constantly. Yeah. Um, but he, he is somebody who his own kind of drive for knowledge digs him one to solutions, but also to more problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's kind of his, his place in the show. So next I want to talk about Allison and I know we both had a hard time defining Allison. So I want to hear what you put her in. I would put Allison in Hufflepuff. Um, Largely because, so loyalty is the defining trait of Hufflepuff and, like, dedication. Um, and part of the thing about Allison is that we see her go through this evolution throughout the series of, like, where her loyalty and dedication lies. And um, it really influences the way that she behaves. Um, I don't... I don't think she's has the kind of, like, insatiable curiosity that would make her a Ravenclaw, like... And I understand that a lot of times Hufflepuff is kind of like the catch-all house for people who don't have a lot of like really strong defining features, but I do think that Allison's defining feature is her loyalty. True, and, and where she puts that loyalty is what affects her later actions, but her mm-hmm. kind of unsavory things that she does later in the season don't make her a Slytherin because she's not doing them for personal gain. She's doing them out mm-hmm. of loyalty. Exactly. One, and the thing is, I think people a lot of people assume that Hufflepuffs are automatically like good and and whatever, but like loyalty can be misplaced. Yeah. Uh, which is what happens to to Allison. So mm-hmm. that's where I put her. Yeah. But I also think once Allison is comes to like her greater understanding of of the world at hand and the world she lives in, she becomes someone who is like deeply accepting of the people in her life and I think that is also something that is Hufflepuffy is that mm-hmm. they are accepting of the people who are in Hufflepuff or in any case. Yeah. And not even just in the open arms because this is like the overflow house. The like I mean house. like the Kind of un- once she has passed her experiences with Kate, mm-hmm. she becomes somebody who has open arms for the people in her life, um, and that even means like trying to reach middle grounds between her family's history and the werewolf pack. Real, yeah. So I think Hufflepuff is a good answer. Um, I just don't want people to think that we're just being like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, I will freely admit that, um, I don't have a house for Jackson. We'll get there. Yeah. Actually, he's next on my list, so we're getting there now. Okay, great. Um, I don't have a house. I thought about it a lot. You are the one who said he was a Slytherin in the last episode. (laughs) I did, which I think was like a reactionary, um, kind of thing, because (sighs) Jackson is motivated by his intense need to be the best and to be liked but I don't know if that's inherently Slytherin are you okay um guys before we started (laughs) recording the minisode I slammed my face into a door on accident and I I can feel it bruising pretty badly (laughs) I am sorry but to your point about Jackson because again I have not shut up about me all day (laughs) (laughs) no I just I I think it's 
really tough because Jackson is is so motivated by what's like lacking in his life, which is love and affection by the people he craves it from most, which would be his parents who clearly love him like we see that later on but are not Mm -hmm. giving it to him the way that he wants to Mm -hmm. uh, receive it and so I don't know I have a hard time categorizing his um like driving force into a Hogwarts house I see Jackson as kind of a Draco Malfoy type Mm. in the way that Draco is also not receiving love from his parents or from the people in his life the way he needs it or wants it and therefore Mm -hmm excels puts all of his energy into excelling and stuff like we know in the harry potter series we know that malfoy also has perfect grades and spends hours practicing to be a better to be better seeker on the slytherin quidditch team and even though those things aren't like the main things we see of malfoy because uh he's evil (laughs) like also you can be you can be a slytherin without being evil because i don't think jackson is evil but like it is like he needs something from the world he's not getting and therefore goes about getting it in like a like kind of I need to be the best type of way and that's why I see Jackson as a Slytherin not even just because he turns into a lizard man later (laughs) yeah that makes it a little too on the nose yeah not to be like obvious choice but I think he's a Slytherin again and you don't have to be evil to be a Slytherin but like he his ambitions are not are yes Scott's ambitions are for the greater good Jackson's ambitions are self-serving not in the way where he doesn't care about the rest of the world because he clearly has a yeah. he loves but it's not his main focus I would agree yeah I think that's a good succinct way of putting it Thank I you. mean and if we're ta- if we're saying that Scott's the Harry then Jackson it makes sense that, Draco. yeah yeah they just like each other more than those two do although Tumblr would tell you that <laughs> Harry and Draco love each other a lot more than I think they do way way more God, I never understood that. Well, that's a thing we can bring up in our uh, Steric conversation. I don't understand Steric. And I'm like somebody who's kind of accepting of ships in general. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I see how you reached that point, but I really don't get it. No, me neither. Um, so next, let's talk about Lydia, who I think is the obvious Ravenclaw. I agree, but I also wrote Ravenclaw Slytherin tendencies like Styles, um, Which is why they're soulmates they're soulmates but again like trying to divide people into categories is so um it's tough we still sat down to do a mini sode about it but it's tough yeah i mean we definitely have things to talk about clearly yeah but no i mean like it's just you can't you can't do it with anybody and again i think it speaks well of the characters in teen wolf that were like uh i can't put them in any one box Mm -hmm. yeah i think that lydia obviously um has a lot of ambition that is self-serving, similar to Jackson, because she wants to be the most popular girl in school. She wants mm-hmm. to date the captain of the lacrosse team, the winning lacrosse team, very specifically. Um, you know, and like she says later that she wants to win a field medal. But like all of those things require her intelligence and mm-hmm. um, her understanding of how to manipulate people, which is Ravenclaw. Like. Being intelligent, being curious, and, like, understanding how the world works Mm -hmm. manifests in a lot of different ways. She's the puppet master of her life. I mean, I Mm -hmm. think when you first meet Lydia, you're like, who's this dumb girl? And then in this episode, you see you're like, oh, my gosh, she's pulling every string. Yeah. Which makes her the quintessential Ravenclaw. Yeah. With a lot of ambition. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, next I have Derek. 
I want to know what you think of Derek. I think Derek's a Slytherin. Oh, thank it God. I thought you were going to try to pitch some weird Gryffindor thing oh, to me. Oh, no. Like, Absolutely not. Yeah, no. Derek's just not good enough about being a team player to be a Gryffindor. He's very much like an anti-hero in the show, particularly in season two when he's trying to, like, build his own pack. He, I mean, he puts thought into it, but he really doesn't, like, he care. He preys on teenagers for his own self-game. Exactly. Um, and anytime that he helps Scott out, it's not a the goodness of his heart. No. Like, Later, sometimes it is. I, but that's only when the, the conflicts in Teen Wolf become more grand scheme. I think he evolves in emotional intelligence in this show because I don't think he has a lot of it to begin with, which probably comes a lot from, like, the masculinity aspect. Also, just the extreme stunting of emotional development that losing your entire family in a fire brings. Exactly. Um, so, once again, Slytherin doesn't automatically mean evil, but um, I do think that Derek kind of always is looking out for himself and his own self-interest, and he happily will abandon people um, to pursue something else that's he more makes dangerous as a lion. He makes dangerous alliances for his own self-game. He really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, look, I love Derek I like lot. Derek, too. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that he's no. a Slytherin. <laughs> yeah, no. And again, there's nothing, like... When we say, like, Derek and Jackson are Slytherins, it's not... Like, they're obviously not even the evil the real evildoers of the show. Yeah. I mean, Jackson is technically, but not by his own volition. Not not on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely... Some of these, I really had to, like, sit down and think about it for a while, but Derek just immediately was Slytherin. We've been new. We've been new. Yeah. From day one. Okay, so next we're kind of moving on to the parents. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... So, Sheriff Stolinski. Well, you first. He's a Gryffindor. He is. <laughs> he is a Gryffindor, yeah. I, I think that's kind of the trap of law enforcement characters because um, either they're corrupt and they went into law enforcement for the wrong reasons, but Sheriff Stolinski so clearly, like, believes in the goodness of his job and yeah. in, like, the law and what the law can do to bring order. Yeah. Um, and he's willing to break the law to make sure it's executed in the right way. In, in fairness. Yeah. yeah. Um, because once again, Gryffindors really believe in their own sense of fairness, wherever that comes from. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I just think law enforcement is usually a pretty easy Gryffindor sort. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Harry wants to be an Auror. Yeah, exactly. Harry literally exactly. grows up and is like, I want to be a wizard cop. And when I was younger, I was like, yeah. And now older, I'm like, fuck even the wizard cops. Narcs, all of them. <laughs> Okay, so um, what do you think about Melissa? Hufflepuff. I thought it was Hufflepuff, too. Okay, we have yet to disagree. I thought we'd too be throwing many. hands. No, but I think, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious um, that she is a Hufflepuff, just mm-hmm. by nature of her job, that she's a nurse. Um, in the way that she, like, accepts styles into her life as someone who is not her child, but may as well be. Um, and then later on in the series when, like, the parents are brought into the circle of the supernatural and, like, trying to help out their kids as best they can, like, Melissa is not, she's not brave in a traditional sense, but she will go above and beyond to help her son because that's where her loyalty lies and that's Mm -hmm. where her dedication is. Yeah. Um, and she only has one kid and she's a single mom, like, she... That's what she pours her energy into. Also, her driving for her loyalty is not only to Scott, it's to like protection of 
the, the youth. The youth. Mm-hmm. But also it's it speaks a lot to her caregiving career. Like yeah. most of her most of her badass roles are her badassery is never in fighting, it's in saving. It's like Mm-hmm. I don't know if the nurse, I don't know if nurses have a version of the doctor's oath or whatever, but like whatever it is. I'm sure they do. Yes. I, I think everyone has to take the Hippocratic oath okay, like, yeah. if you work in medicine. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a nurse, but yes, if you know that for sure, cool. No, but I think she, and here, I think she, she like Scott would never take a life to save a life. She would rather just save all lives. Yeah. And I, but I do think that the difference between her and Scott and the reason that she's not a Gryffindor is because I think Melissa could easily see different sides of a situation. Um, and like, she doesn't I agree. automatically go to like her yeah. idea of justice. Yeah. Um, I, agree. I think, I, I think her willingness to kind of observe things without acting on, before acting on them is what mm-hmm. separates her and Scott. Um, Absolutely. All right. Hey, Chris Argent. Ravenclaw. All right, so I wrote down that he thinks he's a Gryffindor, but so what he's house not. do you think he is in? I I think that I think he's a Hufflepuff. Really, I think he thinks he's a Gryffindor because he has his moral code and that's what he lives by. But mm-hmm. he clearly knows that other people who he fights alongside with don't adhere to that code, like, and he turns a blind eye to it. And I don't think that a Gryffindor would ever do that mm, so no. I think that he has this sense of himself as this like you know ar- arbiter of justice but in actuality I think his dedication and loyalty to his family is what blinds him to the evils that they create okay That's I think it's like Lydia though I think it's in part strategic because I think he sees those evils but is also like we're still on the same side and therefore I can Ignore it for now, but also hear me out. These first couple episodes, especially in this in the in the scene we just watched, where he's threatening Derek, like everything he does is is a calculated game Very of chess. Very calculated, and he's also we learn later crazy intelligent. He's he's the one who figures out in season three the sound wave map, not sound waves. The um, yeah the yeah the telluric currents. Yes, the currents. Yes, yes, yes. yes. He's the one who figures that out. And also, like, in his... Later, we see the conversation in the season with him sitting down with Scott, telling him the story about, like, how a dog will break its own neck. A mm-hmm. rabbit dog will break... He is exceptionally manipulative, mm-hmm. not in a Slytherin way, in a Ravenclaw way. In the way we see Lydia is. I see what you mean. But I... Uh, I see what he you has mean. Because he has a greater... He's got a greater purpose, unlike Slytherins who are self... Who are trying to, like achieve Mm self-fulfillment he has a greater purpose but he's not doing it in a Gryffindor way where it's like kind of like we're all in this together he's doing it in like a I know how to achieve this and therefore I will enact it in all these different ways and he like is a master strategist Mm -hmm. all of his wolf like hunting stuff that he later teaches Scott and I think Isaac is there too like he knows he yeah he like has strategy for everything and it's all pinpointed by like the mile the minute the millisecond you know I see where you're coming from, and, like, I don't disagree that he is wildly intelligent, um, because that's really blatantly obvious, but something that I think about a lot is the fact that, um, later on, spoilers, everyone, um, Allison's mom commits suicide Mm -hmm. because she was bitten by an alpha and is going to turn into a werewolf, and that is, like, the turning point for him to shift his loyalties, because for reasons unknown, because Allison's mom is terrible, he loves her so incredibly deeply and, like, sees 
the fact that he had to choose between the loyalty to his family and the loyalty to his wife, which is a completely different relationship. And like, that is the catalyst for him to change. I just don't think loyalty is actually a part of his character. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Twitter, tell us what you think. Yeah, Twitter tells us what you, I just think like, I don't even think loyalty matters to him until that moment. Well, and then it matters is, to him in a different way. Well, he clearly is like loyal to to the code yeah. to like let her do that, but then realizes how messed up that is and that yeah. his loyalty might be misplaced. I don't know. That was just my like. I think he thinks he's this, a Gryffindor. A Gryffindor, but he okay. is. I, oh, okay. And I think he's Ravenclaw. Interesting that that's the only one we disagreed on, but also I think that we read the show very similarly. Yeah. Which is why this whole podcast is just an echo chamber. <laughs> but it's a fun echo chamber. Yeah, it's just me being like, thing, and you being like, I agree with thing, and then you being like, thing, and I'm like, I also think thing. Do we have to fabricate some conflict for the interest of our listeners? No. no. <laughs> I hate fabricated conflict, and that's why I can't watch Flip or Flop. Oh, yes. HGTV. Guys, hold on. HGTV. There's only good... The only good HGTV shows are the ones without fake drama. So, Fixer Upper and House Hunters sometimes. But, like, when they're like, oh, no, this is going to up the budget. But you know someone's going to front that anyway. So, like, it doesn't matter if it up the budget. Counterpoint about Flip or Flop. Hillary and David, greatest love story never told. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what makes it great. Um, I also, like, I can't watch Flip or Flop, though, because I get deeply personally offended when they, like, don't choose the option that I would have chosen. House Hunters, it's a little different because I'm like, you can renovate anything. But, like, when it's Flip or Flop, I'm just like, oh, oh, no. You know what I really hate? Wait, Flip or Flop, I'm thinking of a completely different thing. I think of Love It or List It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what what I I hate, Love It or List It. Um... Okay, so love it or list it, Hillary and David, greatest love story never told. Um, flip or flip or flop, um, Christina and Tarek, whoo, drama up the wazoo. But that's real because they got divorced. Guys, tell us what your favorite <laughs> HGTV show is, and maybe we'll do an episode, like a bonus app of us, like going into an HGTV show. We have more bonus episodes planned. That's where the conflict's going to come out, though. I was talking about, oh, totally. Bonus episodes. Like, we're, uh, yeah. Teen Wolf, everything. HGTV, <laughs> it is on. It is a fight on site. Yeah. All right, let us know what you guys, what houses you guys think all of the Teen Wolf characters are in. I know we skipped a bunch of the main characters that come up in later seasons. We'll probably go back and do those eventually, or If you like this, not. we'll make another mini-sode. Just yeah. let us know. Um, if you have any other ideas for mini-sodes or bonus apps, we'd love to hear them. We have fun things planned. Um, we love you, and bye. Bye.